Welcome back to the 167. Today we're going to be talking about sacrifice, picking up your cross, and foxes and birds. Welcome to the 167. Hey, welcome to the 167, and we're back here with Pastor Rick George. Hey, good morning. I'm Pastor Lucas Motley, the discipleship pastor. And I'll tell you what, we are just, you know, we're talking about a lot of things today, beef jerky and uh, devotion. Yeah, and, just lots of fun stuff. Yeah. So I wanted to start off, this week was kind of on that theme of sacrifice and giving things up. So I wanted to ask, what was something um, you were talking about in your message about counting the cost, like putting things on pause? What's been something in your life or the life of the church that you really had to go, whoa, 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 hold on. I really got to decide, do I really want to do this because it's going to cost me something? Yeah, so there have been various things throughout my life. I can think back to probably the very first thing that I had to make a sacrifice for, and it was such a high price, like I panicked and backed out. Uh, and it was Trudy and I were newly married, and I wanted a truck. And so... We went, looked at trucks. I test drove a truck. Mm -hmm. They said, just take it home. This is back in the day. <laughs> take it home. Take it home. Bring it back tomorrow. See how it looks Let, in your garage. Yeah. And so it was awesome truck. Like, I love the thing. Uh, but when we woke up the next morning, like, I was tired. I couldn't sleep much during the night. I woke up, was just, my stomach was churning, and the price of that truck was just overwhelming. And this would have been back in like 1983 or 84. And we so just, it was like $10,000. Yeah. So we just took the truck back and I said, no, I, I can't, can't do it. I can't do it. So, uh, but then uh, various times throughout the life of our church, you know, we've done big projects. We've built, this is the second building project. And every time we've done a big project, whether building something new or stepping out in faith to accomplish something, it's always come with a price tag, a financial price tag. And then we've had to look and sacrifice and scale back other things and pinch pennies and uh, you know to accomplish yeah. something greater. So uh, there are numerous examples. The most recent would be our current building project was a big one. Yeah, I mean... I think we've talked about this in the podcast just briefly, but you know, people don't know that like, um, cause we've been in game changer and move for, for about four to five years, yeah. but really, you know, we started talking about an addition or another building probably right when I came on staff, like eight years ago, yeah, it's I been remember a long time. drawing up stuff on this property, talking about getting different property. It's been a long time yeah. coming. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of, lots of counting. Yeah, um, and lots of sacrifices and planning and saving, and uh, hopefully uh, we can see the fruition of that uh, here in a couple of months. Yeah, for me, I think it was, um, you know, that just recently. I think I told you that funny story where we actually had somebody come over and quote us a bathroom. We wanted to put a bathroom in the basement, and we had previously worked with somebody local, and you know, they were going to do a bedroom and about like finish off the basement. They were going to do a bedroom and a bathroom. Uh, for a reasonable price, you know, like, uh, and I think it was like $25,000 or something like that. And I was like, okay, like that adds value to your home. Like, you know, when you say I've got extra beds and backs, it was an egress window. Yep. And we had a company come in who will remain nameless because I don't want to put them on blast <laughs> in the podcast. But like, 
it was a you know a, a bigger name company, and so they came in, and this guy was like, "All right, leave me alone in your basement. I'm going to see what I can work." And we kind of explained what we wanted to do. We wanted to turn a storage room into a bathroom. And so he came back upstairs and sat down with us, and he's like, "You know, I think we can get this done for seventy two thousand dollars." And I was like, "What? Yeah. Like, whoa, wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait." Yeah. And then it was like, "If you sign with us in the next month, it'll be sixty four thousand dollars, and if you sign today, we'll do it for fifty two. And I'm like. What is it made out of? Yeah, just like I think uh, that price just went out of my uh, out of my range. I know, like the insulation was like bald eagled feathers or something (laughs) like that. It was crazy. I mean, I was just like, and we had to go, whoa, 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 whoa. what are we actually going to do here? And so we had to take a step back and really count the cost and go, is there a different project that we can do exactly? So, but really, like when you talk about counting the cost and taking a step back. We're talking about the story where, um, you know, the the religious ruler comes to Jesus and he says, hey, you know, I've done all of these things. I've got all of this, you know, lined up, but I want to come follow you. And Jesus goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he says. Tells him uh, big boy, right? He he did call him. It, it's in it's in a certain translations. It's uh, in my it, amplified lo- Bible. Yeah. It loosely, uh, when Jesus said, oh, big boy. Um but yeah, Jesus said, "Hey, I appreciate the the enthusiasm. That's awesome. But before you get in this boat, before you make that decision, I want you to know this is what it means. Mm-hmm. Like th- this is what you're signing up for." And he lays it out and says, it, "There's going to be some some challenges, some difficulties. There's going to be, you know, some things that are going to cost you, not necessarily financially." But personally, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Yeah, he and, says, foxes have dens yeah. and to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay, yeah. lay his head. Yeah, so uh, you know, in the sermon, the way I worded it is Jesus is saying, hey, if you're going to follow me, you better be ready to get after it. You, right. know, you're gonna, uh, you can't just say, oh, man, I love the beach. Like if this is what you're talking about, hanging out on the beach and talking to people, I'm your guy. And he's like, no, wait a minute. This is part of it, but it's a small part. There's a much larger part, and it's going to require some sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have to give up some things and lay some things down. You're going to have to pick up some other things, namely a cross, and it, there's going to be a burden to carry. But it's going to be worth it. Right. One of the things that I do enjoy, I usually watch, I watch The Chosen on the mm-hmm. um, Vid Angel or whatever. Yep. Uh, and so... You know, theologically, I'm like, ah, you know, like whatever. Like there are some things I agree with and some things I don't. But what's interesting to me is always the humanizing aspect of it where recently I saw the one about the Sermon on the Mount and you see Jesus taking notes and working on his sermon and you see the disciples who are building things and they're trying to get the word out. They're handing out flyers and I'm going, oh, yeah. like they're fishing for their own food. They're, you know, yeah. doing odd jobs to get grain, you know, like, and they're doing these things and I'm going, Oh yeah. I mean, like I can see somebody run, rolling up and being like, Oh, I want the clout. Right. Yeah. I want to, I want to just minister to people. And I, I saw this kind of person come through Bible college while I was there. It's like, Oh, I think it's going to be summer camp every day of my life. I just want to, you know, preach the word every day. And it's like, yeah, but have you ever set up chairs? Yeah. <laughs> For, yeah, there's you know, a like, whole lot more. Absolutely. And, and that's the part I think that sometimes we forget that there's a, you know, there's a backstory and, you know, Stephen Furtick, um, years ago said uh, something pretty profound, and I don't, I'm sure he heard it from someone else probably, but um, that we tend to compare 
our behind the scenes footage mm. with someone else's highlight reel. Yeah. And oftentimes I think people want to follow Jesus because they see the highlight reel. They they see the uh, that's awesome. I want to do that. I want to do that. And they don't see the behind the scenes, you know, all the things that go into uh, make the highlight real. Yeah. Everybody wants to walk on water, but nobody wants to be in the storm. Yep. So, well, in that, that thing, that response where he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It also reminds me of the rich young ruler where he comes to Jesus and is like, look at me. I'm so righteous. And Jesus says, okay, fine. Then go sell everything that you have and come follow me. Yeah. And that's the thing with, you know, in our culture, we've made Jesus, you know, this really cool dude, you know, Super sweet. he's just nice. And he's like, Hey, if that's what you want, come on, we can make it work. Yeah. But that's not the Jesus of the Bible. Like, that is not the Son of God walking and uh, teaching and leading people. Uh, Jesus, yes, he is kind and compassionate and gentle, but he's also very firm, right? He's, he's very direct. Mm-hmm. He's passionate. And he says, if you want to do this, here's what it's going to cost you. Not, it's not going to cost you anything. It's all free. Just come along. Yeah. And so... How that clashes with our culture is then people have to redefine Jesus. People have to reimagine right. Christianity and say, "Oh, well, let's make up a new version that makes Jesus, you know, more uh, affirming, more inviting of everyone." And he is like he welcomes all of us into a relationship with him but not so we can stay like we are, not so he can celebrate everything about us, but so he can transform us and change us and renew us and make us more like him. Right. It's not, I think we've made it our job to make him more like us. Right. Right. But it's him making us more like him. It's really a low standard Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you know, if you're an axe murderer, Jesus would just be like, well, that's just who you are. And that's how God made you. And, you know, like, it's fine. And, you know, like, I just love you. And, you know, it's it's a career like anything else. You can yeah. just go around and kill people. Yeah. Like, it's a hobby. And, and it's like, no, no. And it's like, well, of course, Jesus wouldn't do that. I'm like, but where's the line? You know, and it's like, you have low standard Jesus who's just like, whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy. I just, I just want to love you. And I just want to, like, that's Jesus in an abusive relationship with you. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's again, one of the things I love about Jesus is he doesn't candy coat it. He's like, no, here's, here's what it means. Don't get in this boat if yeah. you can't follow me. Don't get in the boat if you're just a fan. You can get in the boat, and I want you to join me, but here's what it's going to cost. Well, and this is something to think about because I think we all, you know, hindsight it where we're like, I can't believe, you know, the Jewish people, like they crucified Jesus. And we're like, yeah, but... If Jesus showed up in the church today and spoke to people in the church like he did back then, he looked at religious leaders and said, you know, you whitewashed tombs, you, you know, like, and he wasn't very kind. And then, you know, like, and even somebody like um, the woman caught in adultery or even somebody like this, you know, this man who's like going, hey, I just want to follow you. And he's like, whoa, whoa, don't chase the clout. Like, and just spoke directly to people. Do you really feel like he'd be received well in the church or in the culture? Yeah. Um yeah, I no, no. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be like crucify him. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it sounds great. But yeah. No, it doesn't play out. It, there's. It would be. It's still. There would be something that wouldn't be fulfilling, and in, in him saying, "Oh, everything's fine. Just it's not going to cost you. 
then we would get in and say, well, this isn't what I thought it was. (laughs) Well, I think he'd be radical. I think he would be labeled intolerant. I think he'd be labeled, um, you know, a mean guy. Yeah. He'd probably have a cult following on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, what a powerful image that you you chose where you said um, to pick up your cross is to choose the own method of your death. Like Jesus wasn't saying, hey, you know, pick up this, you know, just this little thing. And like, mm-hmm. It was like, hey, go pick up your cross and follow me. And it was basically picking the most painful death that you could imagine. So what does that mean to us practically in our life through sacrifice? Like, obviously, we're not going to, you know, pick up an electric chair. We're not going to. Yeah you know, do those, what is it that we're, we're doing to sacrifice and pick up our cross? Yeah. So, uh, I, let me start with what I, what it's not, you know, so it's not making a bad decision and then having consequences of that bad decision and then saying, well, that's just my cross to bear. Oh my gosh. You know, it's, that. um, you know, I've, I've been, uh, you know, I've been living with this person, and now they got pregnant, and I've got to pay, and they're they don't even want to be with me, and I've got to pay child support. But you know, it's it's just my cross to bear, right? Like that is a bad <laughs> no. That's the consequences of a, some bad decisions, right? Your cross to bear is to say, for me to lose my life, to say I'm willing to make whatever sacrifice is necessary to go on this journey with Christ, to do the things that he's called me to, uh, it's going to be extremely rewarding, but it could be painful. Uh, the crosses were made out of rough wood, and you stick that on your shoulder, and you start dragging that heavy piece of wood, and it's rubbing, and there's splinters that are getting in your shoulder. Like, it was just that process was painful. Oh, yeah. But the end, like when you get to the destination, that it was death. Yeah. And we want the destination to be a big party. Like, oh, look, I I get to celebrate the fact that I did something good for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And and there's a balance there. Yes, you should celebrate and be rewarded for that. But ultimately for them, there wasn't much of a reward. It was, okay, good job. You're going to die. Right. And they understood that, like in the in the physical sense, that when you carry your cross, it meant death. For us to carry a cross means I've got a cool gold necklace with a cross and it's my it's my testimony. Like people see it and say, Oh, look, there's a there's a Christian because I got a cross. Right. Back then it was no, here's somebody that's being put to shame, being used as an example. Well, and I I think that we lose that image as well. Like when we talk about, you know, oh, you got to put yourself to death, right? Like you, you know, less of you and more of Jesus. And it's like, that's, it wasn't like, it's like, now what's going to happen is God's going to, it wasn't uh, removing Adam's rib. It wasn't, I'm going to put you to sleep. I'm just going to take all that guilt and shame Mm -hmm. and all that impatience. And I'm just going to just take it out of you. I'm going to sew you back up. There won't even be a scar. And it's like, no, 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 that's going to, it's going to sting. It's going to hurt. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. It's like when Jesus said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to love that person that hurt you. That's taking up your cross and saying, this is hard, but it's worth it. It's when he says, I want you to make some financial sacrifices, and I want you to put me first. It's hard, right? but it's rewarding. It's a, it's a heavy cross. Uh, it's giving up something that you really want 
to go do something to bless somebody else. And it's hard. And I think but, as Christians, a lot of times, and this could be a whole separate podcast, but I think that we misconstrue sometimes in the Bible when it talks about trials, when it talks about troubles, when it talks about um, all of those things where God's going to test you, refine you in the fire. And we go, you know, it's that same thing. Like, I can't find a parking spot. This is just God. Yeah. You know, I'm like, no, you went to Target on a Saturday. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you're at Walmart, you know, right after church. Like, it, there's no have, parking. You shouldn't have gone to Target you anyway. You shouldn't have gone to Target anyway. Yeah, you know, right. like, you know, like it's just those things where you're just like, oh, this is, you know, patient. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's, it's always in that context of doing it for the kingdom. You know, it's yeah. like, like that where I'm going, yes, like if you have a coworker that's difficult, loving that person but it's not just like so you can get a raise. It's so that you can teach them about Jesus. And yeah. so they'll go, you know, you've been really patient with me. I've been really – and you go, it's just Jesus in me. And, you know, and you get to share that right. with somebody. And yeah. it's always that – I feel like it's a misconstruing of every – like you said, every bad thing in my life is a test from God. And I'm like going – Not really. No, but being a Christ <laughs> follower is just yeah. living, yeah. you know. And there's going to be some challenges that come along the way when you're walking in obedience. Mm -hmm. And – your willingness to say, no, I will endure that. Like I will carry that cross for his glory. Then that's a good thing. But when it's like, no, too heavy, too much, not willing to do it. Too painful. Yeah. So that's when it gets bad. So when we're talking about at the end, you were talking about, you gave us those quick things, but we were talking a little bit about devotion. And I wanted to kind of zero in on that. So if we're pursuing devotion, what does that look like compared to fandom in the church? You brought up Kyle Eidelman's book, um, Not a Fan, where yep. some people are fans of Jesus but not necessarily followers. What does it like really look like in our lives to be truly devoted to that cause rather than just like being a fan of Jesus? Yeah, so when I wrote the word devotion, I went to Olivia Newton-John and hopelessly devoted to you and this, you know. Oh, my like, goodness. I know. It's like, oh. This is the first time for a grief – a. Ah, Greece reference yeah, here on so, the uh, podcast, um, but it's a it's a little bit of a an, mm. an example when you're hopelessly devoted to someone. It means, man, I nothing else is going to get in the way of me being with you. Like you cannot keep me away from nobody can keep me away from you because I'm devoted to you. That's a good picture of what Jesus said. I want you to be devoted. Like, nothing can keep you away from me. Like, mm -hmm. it is I'm hopelessly devoted. And so uh, a fan, like, there's an element of devotion. It's getting close, but when the price gets too high, then you'll bail. If things don't go your way, you'll bail. Uh, if something else comes along that's a little more enticing, then you'll bail. But when you're devoted, like, nothing gets in the way. Like, mm -hmm. it is a profound dedication. Like, not just, I'm dedicated until. No, it's it's unlike anything else. Right. Fans come and go. The stadiums sometimes are full, sometimes they're empty. But when you're devoted, it's like, I am in it, and nothing's going to keep me away. Well, and I grew up in a very fickle fandom. I grew up a Cubs fan. Oh, yeah. And so... Cubs fans games were the worst because you would you would go to the Cubs game and it was great. It was Wrigley and it was very historic and you would go and uh, at the time it was uh, Zambrano. Oh, yeah. He would come out and, you know, 
he was just this very volatile player. He'd come out and pitch four really good innings and then go and like punch a Gatorade cooler, you know, like <laughs> it was crazy to watch. Um, but so it was like, uh, he, I was in that more or, uh, carry wood, you know, like, and so you'd come out and you could pretty much tell Zambrano, like what kind of game he was going to have within like the first six pitches. <laughs> like it, it was just like everybody like, and so you'd go there and everybody was hyped and everybody would cheer and he'd come out and throw like the very first pitch and it would go over the catcher's head. And we would just, you'd just hear the whole stadium go, oh. and like, you'd see people get up and leave. Yeah. And they were just like, I'm, I'm not going to stay around. I know this, how this is going to go, yeah. you know, and they'd leave him in for three to four innings before they'd relieve him just because he's, you know, who he is. But, you know, you could just kind of tell. And, but it would be like, then they'd come out and they'd hit a home run. And all the Cubs fans would be like, yeah, we knew it. It's our, it's our year. And then the very next pitch would be a strike and you'd just see the whole stadium sit down. Like there was no really rally call yeah. at that stadium. And it wasn't like going through tough times. It was just so fickle. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's a great example. Other examples, you see it in culture all the time. So like you're talking about baseball. So in professional athletes, there are professional athletes that are passionate followers of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like no question. You can see it in their life. Uh, they are totally bought in. There are other professional athletes that, you know, like when they, you know, they score, you know, they'll point to heaven or they'll, you know, do something and, and it's like <laughs> when they or, get tackled. They yeah. Or they'll uh you know, in the interview, they'll say, first of all, I just want to thank Jesus from, you know, this win, and then they'll go on. And it's like they're a fan of Jesus, but when you break their life down, is there anything that, like, are they passionate followers of Jesus? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I'm I'm watching TV. I love sports, you know. So I watch, and sometimes it's like, mm, you know, are you are you really passionate about Jesus, or is Jesus just your homeboy? You're saying a few things, you know, religious, yeah. But are you really a follower? So, yeah. Anyway. Well, and I think in our lives, like practically, I, I love that you brought up um, the hopelessly devoted to you. Because I often tell people this about discipleship, where it's like, hey, listen, if you really love somebody, you know, you're a teenager, you're in love, it's puppy love, you know, you're just like, what do you want to do? You want to hang out? Oh, yeah. You want to spend time with them? You might get them a gift. You know, you're thinking about them all day. You know, it's just like, hey, you know, I talk to them and it's like, well, you'll oh, talk I to them on the phone till you fall asleep. You know, oh, my you're goodness. Waking, your phone is still laying there. It's like, oh. Well, I know like even like Gen Z, to, uh, you know, I was like substituting for a high school class and there's kids that had their laptops open and they were FaceTiming their crush or their significant other. And they're both sitting there doing their work in class. But the fact that they had FaceTime yeah. open, like so they could see each other, I'm like, that's devotion. Yeah. <laughs> and so when we're talking about Jesus, it's like, you know, I think that you shared that statistic a while ago where it was like 45 seconds is what people usually spend in prayer yeah. per day. And I'm like, why is it not? Oh my, like I get to talk to God tonight. And right now we're going through with my um, college group, uh, my next group that I'm having them close the group in prayer and they're scared to death, you know, like, because like I have to pray in front of people. And so I'm walking them through step by step of going, okay, let's write down a few things. What do you want to talk to God about? Now just talk to him, like pretend yeah. he's here, like, and it's going, you know, it's going okay. Like they're, they're really nervous and they have anxiety, yeah. but I'm like, if you're really, really devoted to somebody, I want to spend that time. Yeah. And when he's talking about foxes have dens and birds have nests, all I could think about when you were preaching that was about kind of sedentariness 
where it's like, oh, this is my safe space mm -hmm. and this is my home and the den is where I feel protected right. and it's where I feel warm and loved. And it's like, if you really give your life to Jesus Christ, I don't know is that there is a quote unquote safe place for you. No. In, in fact, there's, you know, great illustrations of like eagles, you know, that make their nests super high. And when the, you know, they have their young and they're in the nest that the mother eagle comes and starts ripping the nest yeah, away from the baby. So they have to learn to fly. And that's a great illustration that, you know, we like to the comfort of the nest. And Jesus said, no, I'm going to tear the nest away. You're not going to have a nest of safety. Right. You're going to have to learn to fly and we're going to fly. We're going to do incredible things, but it's not going to be comfortable. Yeah. So, well, thanks for being on this week. Um, I think we're starting a new series. New series on prayer. Uh, we'll start it on uh, this coming Sunday, July 2nd, and it'll be a five-week series. We'll go through uh, the purpose of prayer, the power of prayer, the practice of prayer, all kinds of P's about prayer. All right. Well, we'll see you guys here next week on The 167. If you enjoyed this episode of The 167, make sure you like, subscribe, follow, get notified, leave a five-star rating and a positive review. Tell all your friends to listen as well. Make sure you go over to newlifegardener.com and check out all that we have to offer as a church and check out our messages online as well. Thanks for listening.